All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. Wow. I mean, I haven't recorded in a few weeks here because as always, you know, life gets really crazy and then things get put on the back burner, which unfortunately sometimes has to be this podcast. But wow has a lot happened in the the last few weeks. It's It's been pretty crazy since the last time I recorded. LeBron just last night, I'm recording this on Monday, so Sunday night LeBron won his fourth NBA Finals. And the Browns are 4-1 for the first time, literally, in my entire existence on this planet. So it's been pretty crazy. Definitely want to get into all of that um, and happy to be back here recording. I cannot believe it is already mid-October, October 12th when I'm recording this, probably October 13th or later when you're listening to this, but man, it's just like the year has flown by so quickly. Sometimes each day takes long, but I think overall the year has just, it has just flown by. Um, but I am so overjoyed to have the amount of sports that we have had in our lives in these last few months. Um, the NBA coming back and how they so successfully executed the bubble. We've had MLB playoffs, which the Cleveland Indians unfortunately uh, lost. I think it was like a week or two ago at this point um, and did not continue on into the playoffs. Um, And then we've had college football, which I haven't played paid as close of attention to um, until my Buckeyes return in two weeks. And then we've had the NFL, which I'll talk about this later. Slowly combusting here feels like something. <laughs> Things aren't going great at the moment, but um, nonetheless, the Browns are 4-1, and one, like I said, so I'll definitely get into that. But I first want to start off with the Lakers and LeBron James winning his fourth NBA Finals. So... I pretty much watched, I would say, almost every single minute of every Lakers game during these playoffs, um, and I thought, honestly, it was some of the best basketball that I have personally watched. I know a lot of people want to discount the bubble play, say it's not real, say it's a lot different when you're playing in front of fans, which I totally get. There is something to say for home court advantage and being able to play play in front of your fans, but I think this was a different obstacle for these players. Um, A lot of them being away from their families. Yes, some of their families were able to come later, but they had already been without them for like a month or two. I know for LeBron's case, his family was not there at all, so he truly was so secluded in this bubble, and I, I feel like it's almost harder mentally to be in that place. So I know people are probably going to continue to discount what those players did there but I think it's it's pretty impressive when you when you really think about it um in terms of this NBA final series I mean I I have actually thoroughly enjoyed watching the Miami Heat play I want Jimmy Butler to succeed I think he seems like a good hard-working guy and he's he's scrappy and he really just puts his body on the line and you got to respect that no matter what um, I think he really just ran out of gas after game five. I He had about, what was it, like 35 points in that game. He he was very dominant. Um, actually, only second, really, to LeBron's dominance of 40 points, 13 rebounds, and seven assists. But nonetheless, Jimmy had a fantastic game and really gave his team a lot of momentum and energy that people were wondering, are they going to be able to push this to a game seven? Um, they did not, but... 
kudos to, you know, Tyler Hero uh, for the way he played. I still can't believe that he's not even 21. That's pretty wild. I love all the jokes about how he should probably, if Miami would have gone on to win, he would need to have a, a juice box instead of some champagne in the in the locker room after because, uh, you know, a little too young. I'm sure he's never tasted alcohol before. So you just you got to be careful, you know, got to give him that juice box instead. But anyways, I kind of wanted to run through some of the the really big glaring stats that I have seen in just the last few weeks about LeBron. And, you know, it feels like every day he's like breaking a new record, but there's always something new he's breaking. And even one of the ones I'm going to mention, he broke his own personal record. So sometimes he's doing that as well. But it's just... We should all be so grateful for what we're getting to witness. I think it's really easy in the moment to either like hate on him or to not really appreciate the extent of what we're watching because he truly is like not even like a once in a generation player, but you don't even know if you're going to get a player like that in the next generation. Like it is so rare to have someone play like that. And I feel like we truly just have to appreciate uh, what we're watching, because it, it's amazing. Um, the, the one big stat that really stood out to me was triple doubles in the NBA Finals this century. LeBron has had 11 of those. Every other player who's ever played in the NBA combined, 10 triple doubles. Like Things like that, you say it and it sounds so normal, but that is absolutely astounding and should be praised for where the rest of time um, not a stat, but another call out from the wonderful celebrations after the game six, you know, J.R. Smith, man, I, you could say what you want about him, but the guy knows how to have a good time. He knows how to celebrate. He was the first one like trying to go after the trophy. He had his shirt off. He had Alex Caruso with his shirt off. He had Kyle Kuzma with his shirt off, teaching the young kids his, his ways of, you know, acting after a a championship. And he was having the time of his life, you know, after recording zero minutes in the finals. So really exciting stuff for him. Wish they could have thrown him in for just one minute, but you can't really risk, you know, him not realizing how much time is on the clock or I don't know, something like that. A lot of fun to watch him celebrate though. And I don't know, it was, there was something cool about having him there with LeBron in that moment that I, I did really enjoy. Um, another crazy LeBron stat. This is the one where he beat his own record. He shot the highest field goal percentage, um, of two pointers in NBA playoff history. And the previous record was held by LeBron James himself. So just doing greater and greater things each year. Um, AD and LeBron are the first pair of teammates to finish first and second in postseason scoring, um, in a postseason since Shaq and Kobe did it in 2002, Um, I do definitely want to call out how beautiful this was in a tribute to Kobe for it to happen this year after he, I still can't even believe that was this year that he tragically passed away, but it it is really exciting that they were able to do this for him, for Kobe's family, for, for Lakers fans who have kind of been mourning that loss. I think that was really exciting for them, even though some of these Lakers fans honestly have been kind of trashy in there. (laughs) Like, I know a lot of fan bases do this, and it's ridiculous, and it should never happen, but the death threats toward Danny Green after he missed that 
shot at the very end of game five. Like, don't send people death threats. Let's just not do that. It's not a good idea. It's ridiculous. Get a life. Like, do something else with your time. I thought it was absolutely absurd. So some Lakers fans, a little over the top, in general, happy for them because I know they've had a hard year as as a franchise and people who have been a fan of the Lakers for a long time um, definitely went through it this year. Uh, I think for the Lakers, the, one of the crazier things that you had been hearing about them was that they always won the game if they were up to start the fourth quarter, which, I mean, that is... It's hard to keep a lead every single time you do that. They were 57-0 and 0 when they had the lead at the start of the fourth quarter. They were the first team to ever do that in the shot clock era, which I believe began in the, 50, the 1950s. So, I mean, that is that is quite impressive to always be able to hold that lead, never blow it. Um, even in the in the regular season, I just, I didn't think they had that level of consistency, it felt like, in the regular season. So, it, I mean, that is such an impressive stat um, and good for them on that one. I will say I've been, like, trying to pay attention to the media today and how they're reacting to LeBron after this win, after his fourth ring. And it seems like I would say so far I'm pleasantly surprised about the level of respect he's getting from people. Um, I mean, I've definitely heard some of the, it was in a bubble, so it's not full championship ring, whatever, saying it's not as valuable. Paul Pierce actually finally said that LeBron is his now second best player of all time after previously, I know I've talked about this before, not having him even in his top five, which ridiculous, absolutely absurd. That's when you know, like, sometimes people in the media do this, and I I really get it because I know you're trying to create a story and you want to have, like, hot takes and crazy things to say, but I actually truly believe Paul Pierce is so bitter towards LeBron that in his soul and in his core, he, like, truly doesn't believe he's as great as he is, and I, like, I think something, like, He's convinced himself that LeBron is not that great because it's crazy that even before this, he wasn't even in his top five. Luckily, now he's at least come to terms with the fact that he's top two of all time. Um, So happy to hear that. But uh, the other greatest thing I would say, though, that has come out of watching the Lakers in these playoffs is Halsey. So Halsey started a Twitter account that is basically a Lakers stan account slash like how much she loves LeBron. And I've just never connected to someone on a level like that as I have to this Twitter account. Like I would be friends with this Twitter account. If you haven't seen it, you, you just have to go look at it. I mean, she really knows the game well. Not even just like surface stories and like surface the top, you know, five players that, on the team, their names, you know, she knows what's going on. She gets it. She knows how players have performed throughout the season. It, it, it's really fun. And I hope she continues that in later seasons because it's it's been a fun follow uh, while watching these games. I really don't know what I did uh, with sports before Twitter existed because honestly, watching the funny things that people come up with on Twitter really makes watching sports more fun, in my opinion. Um, the other funny storyline that came out of the Lakers series is that Bachelor Nation has, they were behind LeBron and the Lakers for that game six. They needed it to happen, um, because 
I am also a Bachelor fan and I was concerned about this happening. The Bachelorette premiere was supposed to be the same night as Game 7. So if it got pushed to a Game 7, Bachelorette premiere, gone. Moved to the next week, which would have been really unfortunate. So it was nice to have another one of my fan bases, Bachelor Nation, right behind the Lakers and LeBron. It it just felt good. It felt good to have everyone in my corner uh, for for that series and for that game. Um, You know, it's funny because... Game five, a lot of people thought Lakers are going to end it. Obviously, that was a really close game up until the end. Like I mentioned, Jimmy Butler played great. Um, Danny Green had that missed shot at the end. But I think what was almost worse was Morris throwing the ball away when he was trying to throw it into AD, but AD was six feet away from that that spot where he threw it. Um, And I feel like Danny Green is getting more flack for missing it. and I think Morris probably should be getting a little bit more flack for where he, where he threw it. Um, the one who I don't think deserves flack who, who's getting it is LeBron because they are. A lot of people are saying Jordan would have taken that shot. Jordan didn't t- always take that shot in his career. In an NBA Finals like game winning shot, he passed it to Steve Kerr almost in the exact same way that LeBron passed it in that scenario. Like it. You make the best basketball play in the moment, and that's what LeBron did because he had four guys on him when he drove, so he passed it to a completely wide-open Danny Green. Like, that's what you do. You make the best play, the 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 best chance at scoring in that moment. That's what it was. It didn't happen, but I don't think LeBron deserves any hate at all for making that pass. I think he made the smartest move possible. Um, so, yeah, I think those were my all my big points from that series. I am beyond happy for LeBron. Um, I know the the GOAT arguments are going to continue and I'm just, I will still always argue them, but I'm just trying to really focus in on enjoying watching him play, enjoying the greatness while it's still on the court because he's about to turn 36 years old in December. We don't know how many years he has left of playing. So I just want to enjoy every moment of it and try, try my best not to debate as much about the GOAT argument because some people just ever, never are going to think he's great. And I just want to live in my world where he is the greatest player alive. And that's fine. Other people don't have to live in that world, but I will. All right, on to the NFL. Um, before I talk about my brownies, I just wanted to talk about Dak's injury. Um, that was really tough to see, man. I It was unfortunate because I feel like he has had quite the year with... Um, I believe in the off season was when he lost his brother um, and that really weighed on his mental health, which he had obviously come out talking about how he dealt with a lot of anxiety and depression due to that. Um, I don't even remember if I talked about this on the the last episode with Skip Bayless's ridiculous comments, kind of discounting him speaking about his mental health, saying he's not a leader. I think he's very much proven that that made him a better leader in a lot of ways. So it was just so sad to see him go down and he was, he was emotional getting carted off. You could tell he, he just did not need that to happen to him right now and I mean, we know that NFL players, when they deal, or any athlete, when they deal with an injury, it really does affect their mental health because they're not out there on the field doing what they love, playing the game. Rehabbing can be really mentally taxing. Uh, so very unfortunate to see that. And I I hope he can come back and play again someday because 
man, you just, it doesn't matter at that point what team you're on. You just don't want to see that. It, it's really tough. Um, before, again, I one more other thing before I get into the Browns, I guess maybe a few other things, but I'm a little bit nervous for the future of, of the NFL season, which I briefly mentioned at the start of this podcast. There have been in the last two weeks, like a major shift in the number of positive COVID cases that have been happening throughout multiple organizations. And, you know, I was talking to someone about this. That's the hard thing with football is you really can't have these outbreaks happen because, you know, if an outbreak happened in the MLB, then they would reschedule these games, but you could play a bunch of doubleheaders or like back-to-back days you know, you could really squeeze the games in and be fine and not get everyone else off schedule because of that. In the NFL, you have to, or if this happened in college football, you have to have a certain amount of rest time in between games. You can't play one football game on Sunday and then reschedule another one for, you know, Wednesday or something. Like, you can't play games that close. People are already getting injured so aggressively this season for the lack of preseason and the lack of training that they're used to. So you cannot have teams playing games too close to each other. They've already been moving around a lot of bye weeks. I mean, it's so many now, I can't even keep track of how much they're moving. So it is starting to make me a little bit nervous for what the future of this season is going to look like. I hope it works out. I really don't want it to, to have to end, but it seems like... It's a domino effect because one team having to move affects another and then it just keeps going and going. And the more positive cases, the more you have to push games back. So we'll see what happens. I'm trying to be as positive as I possibly can about it. Okay, on to the Browns now. So like I mentioned, Browns are four and one. I mean, I I truly can't even fully wrap my brain around it yet because... It's so hard as a Browns fan to truly get excited, and I really am. Like, I am positive about this team. I love Kevin Stefanski. I love all of the different weapons we have offensively. Miles Garrett's having a great year. Like, all the things you want to happen are happening, but you still, as a Browns fan, just have a little sense of, I I don't even want to say it's negativity, but you're just like, I don't know. Are we buying this? (laughs) Just that sort of feeling is still lingering in my brain, and I don't want it to be there because I'm so proud of what we've done so far. Um, I mean, it is truly the first time since I've been alive that the Browns have been 4-1. and one. It's the first time since 1994 when Bill Belichick was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns and Nick Saban was the defensive coordinator, which is just a crazy thing to even hear that those two were coaching together on the Cleveland Browns. Um, and we haven't been at that point in the season this good since then. So I I am truly so happy for that. Um, One unfortunate thing that happened last week was Nick Chubb's injury. He'll be out for a few weeks, but um, it's been good and not good because he is so productive and such a he's such a workhorse. He's always going to push to get those extra yards. He's great to 
in clutch moments when you really need, you know, I need three yards on this play, Nick Chubb will get you four. Um, but Kareem has really stepped up and looked solid in this last game. I mean, he was already doing well as, you know, the second running back, but he's really stepped up even more. And it's nice to see a couple other guys, um, Durinus Johnson, he's kind of stepped into a bigger role. And, you know, that's, that's the thing with football is sometimes you don't know who's good until they're forced to be put into these positions. I mean, it's happened with, the first thing that comes to mind is is the Green Bay Packers and both Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers having that that experience of it it all happens for a reason just to see how someone else plays. I hope Nick Chubb comes back. I, I definitely do, but um, good to see that we have other people that can produce. I've also loved seeing Jarvis and OBJ enjoying themselves out there and, and having fun playing again. I think OBJ is at his best when he's having fun. Jarvis has said he hasn't seen OBJ this like relaxed and happy playing since they were at LSU. So, hey, I will take it. Um, other unfortunate news from the last game was that Baker was a little banged up. I think it was something to do with his ribs, but I just think there's no shot that he decides not to play in the next game against the Steelers. I mean, he, he'll he make himself okay even if he's hurting. He's he's just going to do it. He'll just suck it up and, and get out there because I think this game is going to be really telling to a lot of people. The people who are still critical of the Browns' success this year are doing so because of what could you could call a little bit of a weaker schedule so far. You know, Bengals are not good. Washington football team, not good. Um, Ravens, good. Colts had a good record going into that game. Um, and Dallas Cowboys, mediocre. I mean, they have a great offensive team, but defensively have been struggling. So it's a lot of people are still critical of what the Browns have done because they haven't played a, a lot of strong talent. But um, I would argue that the Colts were a talented team, even though they didn't have the strongest schedule going into that game. You still beat a three and one team. So I think that matters. But I really think beating the Steelers, who are currently 4-0 because they had to push back one of their games due to their opponent having COVID cases. Um, they've looked great so far. I'll definitely say that they've looked great. I think if the Browns can beat them, though, people will start really giving them some more credibility. The game... my my What I'm nervous about in the game is not even nervous. More so, I know I'm going to be annoyed at the way they probably talk about Miles Garrett the entire time, talk about the altercation between him and Mason Rudolph from last season. And I just think they probably need to stop talking about it. So I hope it doesn't become the focus of the entire game because Miles is having a great year so far and I want to see him succeed. And I know it's going to be a focus, but I just, I hope they can, they can just leave it alone. Um, but I... I'm excited for the game. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, I don't know when I'll record next, but hopefully I'm coming back to you with some some good news from that game. Um, but we shall see. It is unfortunate, though, that the, the Browns are in such a good division this year. Uh, I mean, the Steelers are 4-0. The Ravens are 3-1. 4-1, right? No, we're in week four. Yeah, 4-1. We're 4-1. Um, and then obviously Bengals are down there at the bottom, but 
It's hard because you have a, a division like the NFC East where the Cowboys are leading at 2-3, and three, followed closely by the 1-3-1 and one Eagles. So it's really unfortunate that we're in such a good division this year, and we've obviously already lost a game to the Ravens. So as long as we have the same record as them for now, we'll, we will continue to, to trail them. Um, usually I feel like our division isn't that strong, so it's really unfortunate that that this is the year it is. But hey, there's still hopefully a lot of season left. So a lot can still happen. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not going to talk too much college football here today because I truly don't care that much until the Big Ten comes back. It's crazy how much my college football season really does revolve around the Buckeyes and the Big Ten. The rankings are so weird this year because Teams that haven't played a single game yet are being ranked like us, and I'm just, um, it's weird. Like I, I just feel like they should have waited maybe to add those teams into the rankings until they have actual games. But I am fascinated to see how they handle rankings with different leagues playing a different number of games, um, because it'll just be hard to weigh schedules in that way. I feel like it's just not as concrete. Not that it ever is that easy, because um, it's just all discretionary, but. I think it'll be really hard this year. I will say, though, great game the other night was the Oklahoma-Texas game. I did catch a good amount of that. I think it ended up in four overtimes, a lot of missed kicks, which is always fun to watch the teams react and the fans react to missed kicks. There's really nothing like it. Um, Love college football overtime, too, so that was a great game to watch. Both of those teams are also kind of garbage this year, which is wild. I've not to go on another college football rant here, but I've always kind of thought in a lot of years, Oklahoma has been a little bit of a fraud. They make it to the playoffs. They don't usually produce very well at all. Usually get clobbered by whoever it is, you know, Alabama, Clemson, whatever. They just usually don't end up playing that well. So um, it's kind of makes me happy that they're, they're not as good this year, but I mean, I'm ready for the Big Ten to be back. It's going to be good. It's going to be exciting. couple more weeks, so go Bucks, Getting ready. All right, well, that is all I have for you guys today. If you could please leave a review or rating on Apple Podcasts, follow or subscribe on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. This is episode 40. I have done 40 episodes of this podcast, which is so exciting. Very proud of myself. Um, very, very soon I will be coming out with some digital video content. I'm not sure on all of the platforms it's going to exist um, once I figure out how to do all of it. Um, but definitely follow Just a Girl from Clee Pod on Instagram. Things will definitely be there once I start get going with that. So definitely check that out. Very excited for that. And go Browns.